Um, so I'm gonna get into this message, but I want, and I'm saying all that to say that I want, I'm, I'm trying to begin your mindset that what Jesus did for you, what he did for me, that every day we wake up, you know, by, even in this pandemic situation and stuff, I believe that this is still an opportunity for us to know how good God is. I mean, he's gonna bring us through this. No matter what, I don't care what the media and what the news and what other people and all this stuff like that were saying and stuff. Yes, we're gonna practice, we're gonna practice safe. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying um, don't, you know, ignore, you know, that keep yourself safe. I'm just saying don't get caught up that you lose your focus. Don't get caught up that you don't have a, not only a, a, a this pandemic, but a pandemic of fear. Where we're afraid, you know, because they will be, I believe this, that when this is all said and done, there will probably be a residual effect after this. People will be still scared to kind of come into contact with each other. Some people will probably still be walking around with masks on their face. Some people will be scared to shake hands or something. Uh, you know, and, and, and we, but we as, as the body of Christ, should know that God is still in control, and uh, you know, and if God, if the Lord meant for all for us to 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 be the way it is today, then He wouldn't went away and prepared a heaven for us. He wouldn't went away to say that we're gonna all. I'm gonna come back. He didn't say. He said I'm gonna come back and get y'all. You, you know what I'm saying? He said I'm gonna come back and get you. He didn't say I'm gonna come back and get you one by one. That you gotta come to heaven um, six feet apart. He didn't. There's nothing in that. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to anybody but me? Does not? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So, if you will, let's go ahead and get into this message, uh, get into this word. Um, I got a lot to say, but I'm going to say it. I, I had to condense it because otherwise, um, y'all would probably, for those who, who follow us online, would probably turn me off. And for those who are following us um, in the physical part, would probably say, uh, later, Pastor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if you have your Bibles, if you have your electronic device, whatever you may have, for those who follow us online, please um, follow us on. And also, for those who follow us online, please, if you got a prayer request or anything like that, put it in the comment box. Put it out there. Put it in there. If you got a comment, if it's anything that you like to share, and share our share our, our, our services with others if you feel comfortable doing that. You know, we uh, got you know the word is good for everybody. But if you will turn your Bibles to John, the 19th chapter, we're going to start with verse 28. Now, I'm going to be skipping around because I was going to go through a lot, but I'm not. Uh, so we're going to start with John, the 19th chapter. And we're going to start with verse 28. And then we're going to jump over uh, to John, the 20th chapter. But let's, start, let's just stick with John, the 19th chapter right now. And this is dealing with, basically this is, when we get into this, I'm going to give you overall before I read the scripture. Um, when you go back to 17, John 19 chapter is dealing with um, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is when he was on the cross, when he was, um, when he was placed up, took to the place of skull called, um, in Hebrew called Golgotha. And that's where they crucified him. And that's where, where he was there. There was the two thieves put on each side of him. And I got a demonstration I want to show what the Lord showed me. On that, with, with on that time when he was crucified, but in um, when Jesus was in the center, and that's when Pilate, when he did that, he wrote at the top of his uh, at the top of his cross, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Now you know that at the time when he was up there on the cross, that he was put there because of his own people. Sometimes some of us we go through some things. We get put on the cross by people we know. 
We get put on the cross by people who say that they like us. We get put on the cross by people who say they are our friends or, or sometimes even sometimes even our family. We get put on the cross. But Jesus said, hey, I've already died for you. And you don't even have to worry about that. So as we go on, so John the 19th chapter, um, verses, um, start with verse 28. And it reads uh, from this point. And uh, this is the New King James Version. You might have different other versions up on this. But it all to still say the same. And it starts with says this. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled and said, I thirst. Now the vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled the sponge with the sour wine. And they're talking about they, those are the Roman soldiers that was down there playing gambling over uh, casting lots for his garment. Shame on And they put it, then they put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. Now when they said they did, so at that time they, what they did, they, took the hyssop, it was like a sponge, they stuck it in the wine, put it into the spirit, and put it to his mouth. And so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, gave up his spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. And when Jesus, after when he received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Now to go on to say this, you know, at that time, and when he when he said that, um, during that preparation day, in order to make sure that the people that whoever was being crucified, they would go through and they would break their knees in order for them to lose their their wouldn't be able to sweat themselves and they would die quickly. But Jesus, because the scriptures had said that his knees would not be broken, he was pierced, a pierced in his side, and even then, um, I'm kind of jumping around here, and then we're going to go. Um, I'm reading on verse uh, 31, because you guys have to turn down to this. I'm just kind of kind of paint this picture for you, so you can get a so you can get a a, a kind of somewhat view of where I'm trying to go with this. But when he was pierced on his side, blood and water fell out. Now, how many of you have seen the Passion of the Christ? Amen. 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 God bless you. And I always watch it every year, every Christmas, every every year. It was especially on 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 uh, Resurrection Day, and I watch it because. When I watch and, and and I when I watch this and I see that uh, what Jesus went through, but before I get into that, let me go ahead. Let's go to part of scripture. John the twentieth. Turn your Bible to John the twentieth. John the twentieth. And I'm gonna be reading verses one through. Let's go through verses one through nine. John the twentieth, verses one through nine. And it reads as such, it's still the New King James Version. It says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, because it was Mary, Mary, it was Mary, both Marys, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Joanna. But he talks right here, because different, different versions of the gospel. John says one thing, Matthew says another, and Mark says another. So sometimes you have, you have to read all three in order to get the full picture when you read this. But anyway, getting back, it says, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the disciples, uh, from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to, him, said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb who, and we do not know where they have laid him. 
Then Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were, and were going to the tomb. So they ran together and the other, and the other, the other disciple, excuse me, outran Peter. He was getting, he was getting it wrong. And came to the tomb first. And he stooped down looking in, saw that the linen, focus right here, saw that the linen cloths laying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, went to the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had covered, that had, had excuse me, that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciples who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed, for, for as they yet they did not know the as for as yet they did not know the scripture that he that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away to their own home. Let me go ahead and pray real quick and get into the gracious heavenly Father as we come before you, Lord. Lord, I submit myself into the to the hands of you, Lord. Let every word that proceeds out of my mouth, Lord, be the word that you have placed there, Lord. Lord, let my mind become let your mind become my mind. Let your thoughts become my thoughts, Lord. That nothing that, that stands here is only is only you that is here, Lord. So, Lord, we ask you to bless the people of God. Bless those who are, are online. Bless those who are here, Father. Bless those around this nation. And, Lord, just have your day on this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, as we come together to lift you up and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. And this was the word of God for the people of God. So let me kind of go back and paint this picture for you. Um, Jesus... When he was gave, when he was called, the scriptures already said that he was going to give his life for each and every one of us. That he must go to the cross and, and bear his sin. So now think about this. As I was saying earlier, anybody who has seen the Passion of Christ can can relate to this. Every time I see that movie and I see what Jesus did for us and what he went through for us, I and as a grown man, I don't care how old you is, I cry. I cry. I cry tears of, of, of joy and I, 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 I cry tears of, of, of shame because even today when we realize, if we ever truly realize what Christ did for us today, some of us would think, take second thoughts on, on the way we think on some of the things that we do, you know, and, and how we take him for granted. But let me say this in, in, in the midst of this. Jesus, when he, when, he, when he decided to, when he made, when he was called to die for our sins, and when you've seen the passion of Christ, how he was beaten. He was beaten what they call the cats and nine tails. And the cats and nine tails was a whip that had uh, different, uh, different. Uh, at the end of it, they had little spikes and they had little things. And and then they would, when you would hit the, uh, when you would hit somebody, it would pull out pieces of your flesh. And if you saw the passion of Christ, part of when he hit that one time when he was on that, that, that it ripped out part of his flesh. And there you can see his bones and, and, and the blood, you know, and all this and stuff. And, and before they did, before they used the cat of nine twelve, uh, nine tails, they used like, they looked like something like a switch or a whip. And, uh, and, and I love this, and this is how he much he loved us, that he went through everything that he went through for us. That he, when he was whipping them, and if you remember, that they had beat him so, so, so much, they were laughing, they were joking, and it was everything. And they got tired, they had whooped him so much, they beat over and they were breathing. And Jesus, while he was down on his knees, and he had his arm, they had him strapped over this, 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 this beating post. And, and Jesus looked around, and they thought he was done because they had beat him so bad. 
Oh my God, thank you, Lord. And, and but here's how much He loved you, us. How much He loved us. When they thought He was done, He got up. He stood up. He stood back up. They were surprised to see Him do that. The on the natural, the on the the normal human being could not make that far. But He had a purpose. He was given a purpose for us. He was given a purpose that we are standing here, sitting here today, even in this pandemic time. He gave a purpose for us. He died for a purpose for us. And so what Jesus did, and then I'm, so when they, they did that, they, they took him and they, and they to, to moved to the circle. Fast forward here, they took him to, uh, to the cross and he had to carry his cross. After they had beat him, so bad they put they put a cross on his back, a crown wrapped him in purple for a king. They didn't want to acknowledge, but he was their king. They didn't want to acknowledge that, and they wrapped him and he carried his cross on his back. He carried his cross. It ain't as big as the one Jesus had, but he was carrying his cross on his back. He was carrying the sins of you and I that he had not even died for him, but he carried the cross on his back. And as he was carrying that cross on his back, and he was getting there, and he was taking, he was on his way there. During this time, as we go through this COVID-19, this is our cross that we have to carry right that we have to carry. This is the cross that we're carrying. But the wonderful thing about it, Jesus already paid for it. Jesus already paid for it. He's already paid but as he carried the cross when he got up to the when he got up to the hill, and 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 when he got up to the hill to uh, to Golgotha where he was being being uh, being crucified, and as I laid him down on the cross, as I laid him on the cross, a man who didn't do anything wrong, a man never said a bad word, never told a lie, nobody, never stole nothing, never done nothing, never done anything wrong. He was truly the perfect man. The only one and only perfect man. But he was truly, and as they laid him down on the cross, he never fought. He never said that he would, he could have got up, he could have ran, he could have done a lot of things. But he didn't do that because he loved us so much. He knew that this day was going to come. But he loved us so much and he wanted us to be encouraged and to walk by faith, not by sight. But as they laid him on the cross, thank you, Lord. As they laid him on the cross, and they stretched him out. And they put a nail in both hands. They didn't give him no anesthesia. They give us the, 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 to, uh, to uh, what do you call them, the stifling the pain. They didn't do none of that. They put the nail, and these are some big old nails. These are the ones you're gonna find in Home Depot. These are big nails. <laughs> and they nailed him to the cross. And they stood him up. And they stood him up. Now on both sides of him, when they nailed him to the cross, and I love this because in the scripture that I was reading, it said, Jesus said, before I get to the point, he was finished. When they stood him up, when they pulled the cross up, on one side was two thieves. One said, well, if you be the son of man, why don't you get yourself down from there and save yourself? Short version. The other one said, you know, Lord, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. 
even then, they didn't realize, and this is what the Lord kind of showed me, Jesus being in the middle, thief on both sides. Jesus in the center, acceptance, denial on both sides. The cross was even being formed right there in the church. Even though there was only individual cross, they were still in the, in, the, in the form of the cross. Acceptance and denial. How many of us have went through that stage in our lives? Accepting the Lord, then turn around and deny him at the same time. But he still loved you that he didn't come down off the cross. And as we get into that scripture and he's, and we, we go back and and Jesus when he was um when he was being nailed to the cross and he said, I thirst. And then when he said I thirst, he said, It is finished. Then he was laid to a tomb. So I'm gonna get to my thought, let me get to my title. This is the thought that I'm coming from as I get going to this message. And y'all kind of pray for me because I'm I'm feeling up. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm gonna be kind of teaching a little bit, but I'm also gonna be a little bit emotional on this because I'm I'm holding back the tears now when I think about the goodness of the Lord and what He did for me. That's why I'm standing here today because He saw something in me that other people didn't see. Other people said it would not be there. This is what I'm telling you. Don't let nobody speak their lives into you. Jesus put His life into you. But when Jesus said that, He said. When he knew, knowing that all things was accomplished, he said, I thirst. Sometimes we have to be thirsty for the word of God. We have to be thirsty for his, 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 his love. We have to be thirsty for his forgiveness. We have to be a time that we should say, I thirst. But then he went on to say, knowing that everything had been, the scriptures had been fulfilled, he said, it is finished. So I'm coming to you for the thought when Jesus when Jesus finished, then he got up. When Jesus finished, then he got up. When he said he was finished, and then they took him and they, um, Joseph from um, the, the different Joseph and all of them, they asked for the pilot for his body and they took his body and they took him to a tomb that had never been laid in. A tomb that had never been used, which is a grave. You know, that's what they did um, back in those days. And they took his body to a tomb and they put his body in the tomb. But let me back it up. Let me rewind it. That when Jesus got up and when he was on the cross and when he said, it is finished, he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost, which is his spirit. And he went back to the Lord. At that divine time, now prior to that, when he was on the cross, he also hollered out, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? And, and, and at, that, at that divine time, at that point of time, I believe there was divine, a divine separation from him and the Father to allow him to take on the sins of you and I and of this entire world of generations to come. Because that would be the only way that he'll be able to take on the sin because he had to become a, 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 a human at the time to, to there was a divine connection. And once he took on the sins of everyone that we that from then at that time to us and to our, our grandchildren and so on and so forth, then there was connection. That's when he said it was finished and he gave up the ghost. Because he now he had took on the sins of everybody. So I'm here to also to tell you this, but 
family. Nothing you've done in your life, whether it be today, yesterday, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, can stop the love of Jesus Christ. Nobody can stop you from being who God has called you to do to be but you. If you want somebody to blame for you not moving forward, go look in the mirror. I had to do it many times. It's so easy to blame somebody else. You know what I mean? But when I look in the mirror, the Lord tells me, I didn't call them, I called you. You have free will to do, you know what I mean? People can influence you, but with that being said, there's nothing that you've done. God, God is on, he's in control. And so let me kind of move on. And when he said it was finished, and he gave up the ghost, and he went, he was laid in the tomb. He was laid in the tomb. And the um, when you go back and, and read the story about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you'll find that the the uh, the elders and the people back in that time they didn't want they they didn't um, they actually paid the guards and stuff they paid they wanted to pay to make sure they guard the body so that they said that they didn't want nobody you know uh, to come back and steal the body that's what they, that's what the excuse they said they said well we want to pay you we'll pay you they paid a whole bunch of money for have somebody to roll that stone up and guard his body so nobody would come and get it so but they didn't know that that stone wasn't that ain't no, that ain't no stone Jesus had a purpose and a plan and so when they rolled the stone up in front of him Fast forward and moving on to this, and he said, uh, as he was laid in the tomb, and they 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 dressed him back in those days, they would cover him, they wrap him up in linen, then they would cover the handkerchief was, was used to cover the face of the of a dead person. So normally they would say three days, um, um, if my memory serves me right, three days. Um, they you would have to be there for three days because they. They said the spirit of the Lord, you can get your spirit back and raise up. So that's why Jesus allowed four days when he didn't, when he didn't, when and raised up Lazarus because of the custom and the belief at that time. So he wanted to show that he could actually bring somebody to life. So, but anyway, that's what it was. So when Jesus was buried, he was wrapped in the cloth, he napkin was placed on his face, and he was laid out on the, the um, in his, uh, on the tomb there. And when the, when the Bible goes on, it tells us, he said, um, man, I'm not even following. But when he, was, when, he was, when he was finished, when the Bible goes on and tells us that, when he was laid in the tomb, when Peter and Mary and all went back to look for him, Jesus was already gone. When they got there, they said, the, 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 imagine this, the rock, the, the stone that, that was in front of the, the grave was huge. I mean, it was big. It would take maybe three, four, five, six men to move that rock. But when they got there, they said the rock was already removed. They had been rolled aside. And there was two men that was they, they dressed in white, and there was two angels that were sent down from the Lord to uh, sit that one was sitting at each end of where Jesus was laid. And and this kind of gives you an idea where if you look at the uh, um, with the veil, when you see the um, where Jesus was the Ten Commandments in, you see the two chairs on the end. So it's kind of kind of give you an idea of something like that. But when they got there and they asked Mary, said, "Well, Mary, what are you looking for, Mary? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus had already gone; he already had ascended. 
But you know, it's amazing because they said, when you go back and look at the full scriptures, that when the angels came down and they seen the light that the guards, they got scared. And they got scared and they looked. They ran. And so when so so when you when you look when you think about all that and get to the get to all this, Jesus when he he, he got up, he was no longer there. He was no longer there. So when we talk about this Sunday, Sunday resurrection day, is yes, the cross. We, we we appreciate the cross. We appreciate the shedding of the blood. We appreciate being nailed to the cross and, and we appreciate everything. But when he said it was finished and he got up, the wonderful thing about it, he didn't stay to the cross. He got up. And he's alive right now. When you look in the mirror, you say, how do you know what it's like? When you look in the mirror, look at yourself. He lives in each and every one of us who allows and willing to accept him into our lives. That's who he is. He, he, so when he said he went to finish, he got up. And it's the getting up part that I want to kind of put our focus on this morning. Um, I know a lot of times, you know, I can, you know, a lot of our messages, the traditional messages, we preach about the being on the cross and the shedding of the blood. Um, and uh, when we go back and we know that the shedding of the blood is a lot, it means a lot because we were saved by the shedding of the blood. Because the Bible talks about that. But the wonderful thing is that he got up. And when he got up, that means that we was able to have eternal life. When he said it was finished, we don't know. There's nothing else we need to do. It's already been paid for. He paid a debt that none, none of us can pay. Not all the money. I don't care if you got Capital One, uh, Ventures, and none of that. I'm crazy because you got enough limit on it. If you got a, a, the, what they call it, the, the, the black card, they, even that, the unlimited credit, it's not enough to pay what Jesus paid for, what he did. That's why, you know, John 3.10 tells us the Father so loved us, he gave his only begotten Son so that we may have life and life eternal. And not, you know, so this life that we're dealing with now is only temporary life. But the current life, the life that we, we should strive to have is the life that we're going to have when we're with Jesus Christ, when he paid it for, paid for it on the cross. And so the thing is that he got up. And, and, and you know, so I, I did a little bit of research on this, and I'm going to kind of help you. Uh, let me get to that. John 17, let me come, let me, John 17, I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to explain what, what, the, uh, what was the tradition of the, the linen and the, um, the mat, the face being covered with the handkerchief. When you, the scripture that says uh, when it got there, the linen was there and the handkerchief was folded. Now the, the handkerchief, the linen was just there. The handkerchief was actually folded in a neat little place and set off to the side. And so there was a Jewish tradition, there was a tradition about that and I'll explain that for you. John 17 and 4 tells us this. I have, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. That's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus' purpose was to give us eternal life. God became a love gift to us so that we may know how much he still loves you and I. We don't need to recreate what Jesus already created. He already did. Sometimes we keep putting him on the cross. We don't need to keep putting him on the cross. We just need to know the thing is appreciate that he got up. We can never complete what he finished. And, you know, so when he shouted in a loud voice, when you say it's finished, that means you're done. Is that right? When you finish something, it's done. You, you're not going to do it again. It's done. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're going through something, you just turn around and say, I'm finished. I'm done. Depends on the situation, too. Some people say, I'm finished. I'm done. And you turn back around. <laughs> and you get back into it again. 
I'm finished for now. <laughs> but it was a shot of victory completion. Jesus, the second Adam, became our redeemer, what the first Adam was in the beginning. Jesus became a living word, which now lives in us. We have the, his DNA, which is called the Holy Spirit. We know the Holy When you have somebody's DNA, that means you're, you're part of him and they're part of you. And so, and like I said earlier, the wonderful thing about it that, that follows in all this is that Jesus got up. And he, he's not on the cross or in the grave. He's a living, moving, and having his being. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end. It was finished when he said, he said it was finished, but he got up. I'm going to keep repeating that because I want you to understand that. And saying, I know it's finished because he paid it all on that day when he was at Golfo and he was up there on the cross. He paid a debt. And as I said earlier, that money goes. You can build all your gold, you can build your rings, your credit cards. No amount of money can redeem what God's already paid for each and every one of us. God's grace and mercy, which passes all understanding, now keeps us. His grace and mercy is what keeps us. It passes all understanding. So, you know, here's the thing about it. When you make a mistake about something, you, know, you screw up and you do something wrong, don't let it keep you down. Just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I screwed up. I messed up. Forgive me. And keep it moving. And a lot of times when we make a mistake, we stay in that mistake. We think, I can't move. You know what I mean? It's like somebody, you, you, allow, you allow that mistake or that decision you make to be a, some, like somebody holding you by your leg and you're trying to move, but you can't, you know, you can't move because you don't let that kick off. Let me go, get off of me. <laughs> I got things to do, people see. People to uplift. People are looking at each and every one of them, especially when we come in the household of faith. And sometimes, you know, you you heard that saying, sometimes the closest thing Jesus might be that people might see is you and I. So the thing is, what do you want them to see when they look at you? Keep it real, though. Don't try to play, you know, don't, that's some, you know, try to play you all that in the back of chest with a big hit. You know, keep it real. Listen, no, you know what I mean? Keep it real. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm human. I make mistakes, but I know, I know, I know. A father in heaven that looks down and said it's going to be okay. That no matter how many times I fall, I can get back up and keep it moving. No matter what nobody say, no matter, no matter what nobody call me, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, somebody keep calling me Joe, and I'm not going to turn around and answer that my name is not Joe. You know what I'm saying? If somebody call you Faye, I'm not going to turn around and say, and answer that because I'm not a Faye. Um, I'm a son. We are kings, princes, queens. Princesses, you know what I mean? We got a kingdom, ambassadors. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. At least that's where I want to be. The Lord said, "I want to. I went. I left, and I'm going to prepare many mansions for you." Well, you know, I want one of those mansions. You know, like I said before, hey, I don't want. To, I don't. I don't. I want a mansion with a with a 200 foot big screen TV. <laughs> <laughs> What the ultimate surround, surround, surround sound. Make it sound like when you hear a slap, you hear it all the way. You can feel it. Slap, pow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me get back on track. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for joy was set before him. Jesus, it was a joy. It may not seem like it when he was going through everything he did, but it was a joy that he endured the cross. And the joy for Jesus was that he knew that he did it for us. That's a joy. And I thank God for him because I'm going to tell you, it's a good thing that Jesus was Jesus and not me. 
Because y'all wouldn't be here. Because <laughs> I'd be like, the first couple of hits off that whip, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. But he took it. He endured it. He endured the cross. The spies and the shame sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It is finished, but he got up. And so let me let me kind of get into that. So, so just a few minutes and I'm almost done. I was trying to say I'm trying to condense this and as much as I possibly can. So I'm skipping over a lot of a lot of things that you know sometimes I got I don't want to overload information that you know sometimes you be you know you get to talking so much and everybody everybody them clucking. <laughs> they just sitting there looking at you. And every now and then you bob your head. Praise the Lord. I ain't heard a word he said. <laughs> but he got up. So when Mary went to the tomb, um, and then the the neatly folded blank uh, handkerchief that was placed by itself, in, and not with a linen burial, um, the, the significance of that, according to Hebrew tradition back then, and was that when the master and the servant, uh, so when the servant set the dinner table for the master, he made sure that it was set exactly the way the master wanted it. So the table, the tables was finished perfectly. You know, it was like you had your dinner table, you ever put on somebody's house and they got it set perfectly when they, you know, the centerpieces and everything, the napkins and the little napkin rings and all that kind of stuff. And it's set perfectly for everybody to come and mess it up. And so, <laughs> and so when the servant would wait, until so the servant when the table was was set, and what the servant would do, he would set kind of set, kind of get over at the corner, wait out of sight until you know it's like you know the restaurant or something. They're standing there waiting until everybody else got to eat. So as he was sitting there waiting, so the servant would until uh, they got to finish eating, the servant would not dare touch anything on the table until the master was finished eating. Uh, so this is it's, uh, I hope y'all follow me. See where I'm kind of going with this. But then he would rise. So when the master would rise from the table, he would do. He would take it. He would wipe his. He would wipe his, his fingers, his mouth, and his beard because back in those days, pretty much everybody back there had a beard. And um, and then would, he would wad up the napkin and toss it on the table. So I don't have nothing to show you. But anyway, y'all get y'all get the gist of it. Oh here we go. Oh. <laughs> So he, he would wad it up, napkin, toss it on the table. These are clean too, I ain't blowing those out. <laughs> and then he would finish, and so after he wiped out that, and then he would toss it on the table, then the servant would know when the napkin was on the table that it was, that was his cue to go and clear off the table. Y'all following me so far? Yes. Okay. Okay. If, if, you, if you sleep, hug hug tug Elbow somebody if they fall asleep. Don't wake up. And so the master, that's when he would wild up and he would, and then he would toss on the table. Then the servant would know that the table was was um, clear. And it meant the master was saying, I'm finished. Y'all see the correlation here? So the master would say, I was finished. So, but if the master would get up from the table and then he would neatly fold the napkin and lay it beside his plate, so he folded and laid beside the plate. The servant would know not to dare to touch the table because the servant knew that the not, that the that the um, folded napkin meant I'm not finished yet. I'm coming back. Mm. Did you catch that? Yeah, I 
Yeah. Did you catch it? Yeah. Then when he folded up and said it, uh, it said he folded up and he said, I'm not finished yet. I'm coming back. Jesus is telling us he's coming back. That's what the napkin was folded up in the tomb. When he folded it up to the side and he put it up in lumps where everything else was crumbled up and everything, the napkin was folded neatly to the side. Jesus was letting them know, I'm coming back, y'all. I'm not dead in the tomb. I got up. I got up. And that's what he did. And that's what that that's what that meant. That's what Hebrew tradition. So when you get so that's what it meant. Jesus is coming back. He has not, he's not in the tomb. He's not dead, y'all. He's not dead. Don't let nobody tell you he's dead. He's not real. He said it's finished. He already paid what needs to be paid. He folded up the man. When he folded it up, he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back for my for my children. I'm coming back for my people. It been it been everything that has been paid in full. The family, this is this is this is we don't have to do anything. The Lord is He's asking us. Sometimes we man, and the Lord can, sometimes I feel like He'd be up in like, What else can I do for you? Sometimes, you know what I mean? When we get to a point where we just feel like we're just lost and we forgive up, we're going to give, we want to give up. We don't want to do no, we don't want to do anything. And the Lord Jesus said, well, I paid it all. I paid it. What more? And I'm up. I'm not in the grave. What more can I do for y'all to stay encouraged? He got up. So when we seek him and let's, let's seek him and find him, allow him to come into, <coughs> allow him to come into your life. Take time to reevaluate your faith. During this time of this, this, this time of physical distancing and social distancing, all the things and everything that we're dealing with, you know what I mean? Um, Never lose your faith. How would you ever know how strong your faith if you never opened up? This is the the testing of your faith is when you go through things and how you come out on the other end. God has already paid it for it. This Resurrection Sunday, remember Jesus said he was finished on the cross, laid in the tomb and he got up. It's finished. There's nothing else you need to do. Just walk by faith. Walk by faith. You know, we hear, we sing the song, the blood works, the blood works, but we walk by faith. We walk by faith. When you go back down into to the book of Hebrews and you go down the hall of faith, which is uh, Hebrews 11, and you find that each one of them individuals, from Moses on down to uh, Abraham and everybody, it says Hebrew, Abraham walked by faith, but it was his faith, this faith that, faith made him do this. This is the, this is what Christ gave us today. This is our hang, this is our our hanger on hand, if you want. The faith hand. When we walk, when we grab this hand of faith, there's nothing that we cannot survive. I would love to stand here and tell you that you're not gonna go through nothing. I would love to say that your life is just gonna be full of uh, answers and this, and I would love to be able to say that I have an answer for everything, but I don't. Because I go through it. I deal with it. Even in this time, you know, there's a burden on me because of the decisions that I that I have to make sometimes when even at this point of coming together this morning. You know what I'm saying? But I hold on to Jesus, the author and the finish of my faith. Jesus who died on the cross for each and every one of us. Jesus who said it was finished. Jesus when we was pierced in the side and, 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 but he, and shed of the, the blood and water. Jesus who was nailed to the cross. Then he didn't say, Father, 
I want to calm down. But he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? But then he didn't stop. Jesus also, while he was nailed to the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But the beautiful thing, when he was laid in the tomb, he got up. He got up. He got up. So this is a spiritual walk for each and every one of us. The spiritual integrity that we should always have is the integrity of love and forgiveness. Let that be a root inside your spiritual soul. Let it take hold of it. Let it be the, 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 the thing that when, when you go through something, even when you in, in, in your relationships and, 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 and your jobs and, and anything that you go through, you know, people are losing their jobs and all these things, all everything is going through. But you know what? If you hold on to Jesus, if you hold on to your faith, if you hold on, if you hold on, so many of us can walk. Some of us are being blessed even through the trials of this. You know how you're being blessed? Because you're here right Blessings don't always have to be this major thing that we deal with. Blessings can come in simplest forms. And it's breathing. It's a blessing right there. Being able to walk. Being able to see and speak. And I love this thing. And I'm going to close with this. I love this part on the passion of Christ. When Jesus was on the cross. And when we all know the movie. When he was nailed to the cross, and he was unrecognizable on that cross, and when he was when he was there, and he was standing there with his arms nailed to the cross, and he said, "It is finished," and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. In the movie *The Passion of Christ*, if those who remember it saw it, it was a raindrop. I call it God's teardrop. I think I, I believe it's God's teardrop, and a teardrop, that single tear. Drop. And when it hit the earth, the earth earthquake, there was an earthquake, and the veil was was split. That was which was the book of law, which held the uh, the, the Ten Commandments, and the book of laws. That was split. We're no longer under the law. Now Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law, but you know what I'm saying? We're not under the law. We're under grace and mercy and forgiveness. So and so, but that tear, that single tear, a single tear had that much power and authority. That's how much, you know, because God loved us so much. And to see his son and whatever to do what he did for us, yes, it was a tear. That was a tear. So as you know, as I begin to close with that, that I just wanted to kind of, like I said, I had a lot of things. I, I, but I wanted to kind of really kind of paint the picture to let you know why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. It's not, it used to be when we was coming up to celebration was about getting on just, you know, getting on your Sunday best, you know, putting on your Sunday best dress, Sunday best suit. You know, you look for Easter because you need to get some new clothes. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, I mean, for us, that was, that was the thing. I knew I was going to get something, something. And then sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it was hand But it was the point. You know, it wasn't about the clothes. It's not about how you dress. It's not about how you look. It's about what Jesus did for us. On that morning, when he, on that morning when he was nailed to the cross, and then when he got up the next day. So, 
This is what we remember Best Western Southern for. Not for dressing up, not wearing the big asses, the fine suits, and all that stuff. And, and you know, all these things that, and I had never seen an egg. I had never seen a bunny lay an egg. I wonder where they got that fine stuff. Y'all, when y'all find a bunny that lays an egg, bring him to me because we're going to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to put him on the show. Yeah. It's first the chocolate eggs, too. <laughs> the Easter bunny. The Cadbury bunny, yeah. Amen. To God be the glory. So, um, uh, I want to also take a moment. Now, I, I, I want to say this, and, and I know uh, during this time of the uh, the physical dis- distancing, and, you know, I can't. I have a hard time saying that distancing thing, but y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and the and the the, the um, uh, COVID nineteen thing, as far as stuff, I, I I you know I don't want us. I said earlier, I don't want us to forget the children and stuff and we are honored that you know by that by doing what we do we're going to be that stay safe uh do what do what you need to do because in this time i'm nobody's minimizing that but i want to um want to take this opportunity i thank evangelist lisa on there Blessings, family. This is Pastor Loggins of True Faith Worship Ministry. I would just like to take a moment to uh, kind of share a thought with you that the Lord just put into my mind. You know, back in the 80s, um, Arsenio Hall used to have a show on the Come On, a talk show. And one of his favorite sayings was, things that make you say, hmm. Well, I want to take a moment to share a thought to, to make you say, hmm. And I noticed when Arsenio Hall used to say that it was to he would say that that whom was something to stir up your common sense. Well, the thought that I want to just a thought, just a thought that I want to kind of share with you. Um, and again, it's dealing with the coronavirus, the COVID-19. And as I turned on the news and I was listening to um, some of the media outlets and some of the um, postings on Facebook, Instagram, and so on and so forth. And now I found myself, I was like, one of these things that make you say, hmm, that the COVID-19 now has migrated from being a worldly virus to where it's now affecting majority of people of color, especially African-Americans. I find that it totally amazing how this virus who started out affecting the entire world from Italy to Puerto Rico to um, Germany to Russia to all of them. But here in the U.S., it is now the biggest hit of of group of individuals are now African-American or people of color. Now, needless to say, that one thing is not being said that this virus also has a uh, takes a effect to those who have an underlying medical issue with this. But as I was turned on, then to hear um, our leaders or the in say, make a statement, especially during this time of division. Um, uh, that the African-American community is being hit very hard with the coronavirus. 
And I sit there and I begin to wonder in my mind, I said, hmm. And I thought it very interesting that now this thing has migrated. It has it has graduated from a worldwide thing to just a color thing. Now, I said this many times in some of my thoughts and some of my um, sharing that this this whole issue, there is always an underlining underlying thing with this COVID-19, but there's also going to be a residual effect. I just want to just, just a thought, like I said earlier, this is just a thought, but here's the thought. What do you think is going to happen if, if the media and if people keep saying that this is, um, that people of color are being primarily affected with this? We already have, people of color already have a lot to deal with, with being people of color. Now to have one more thing added on top of that, it's just something to make you say, hmm. Anyway, not trying to do any conspiracy thoughts or anything. And this is one of those things, things to make you say, hmm, to use your good common sense on this. I hope somebody's hearing me, what I'm saying. Um, let's continue to pray for one another. Let's continue to not let our minds be filled with misinformation but with correct and full information. So anyway, stay safe, stay healthy, do what you need to do. God bless you. God keep you until we talk again.